All right, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio Podcast. This is episode 36, and as I alluded to in episode 35, I was able to get the YouTube channel Changing Reason. Um, I took an interest in Changing Reason because I realized that I was watching a person nearly in real time come to the realizations about the false media and false news cycles that run our world. Um, Anyhow, let's get him in here. Uh, Welcome. Hey there, Crow. (laughs) <laughs> so good, good to be here. Yeah, so good to have you. Um, we were talking earlier, and I realized as we were getting to know each other that we should be recording. So let's just kind of go over a couple of the things that we already touched on. Um, can you tell everybody how long it's been since you've kind of become aware of what news is uh, around the world and what it was that, that got you to start looking? Okay. Um, I'm actually going to go back a little bit further than our earlier conversation, and this is something that I do um, discuss in detail in an earlier uh, video of mine. Um, you know, it was probably around, you know, 2006, 2007, uh, you know, the, the loose change video was was brought to my attention, and that was what kind of opened my eyes to uh, 9-11, um, you know, up, up to then, you know, I was just like everybody else, you know, terrorist attack, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, it never felt quite right to me, but, you know, I never put my finger on what was wrong. Um, so anyway, you know, I, I watched that video. I was, you know, I was convinced that, you know, something was amiss with 9-11, the whole concept of a, you know, an inside job. You know, I, I, I bought that, that made sense. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't anything that kind of you know affected my day to day life it was it was a youtube video you know what i mean and it, um it was just kind of a a standalone strange thing um and i already you know i didn't like george w bush so i, I kind of just compartmentalized you know the whole 911 thing um but that was know, that was really your first precursor <clears throat> to maybe get you thinking that maybe the news wasn't telling you the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Yeah, you know, absolutely. You know, at, at the time, um, you know, I didn't put two and two together and think, oh, well, maybe the media was complicit or, or any of that. I, I think I had a very um, kind of superficial understanding of, of the event. You know, um, it wasn't exactly as we were told it was, um, but, you know, I, I didn't put a huge amount of extra research into it. Um, so, you know, years went by and, you know, then, you know, popular mechanics came out with their, their debunking article and I had read that and, you know, I kind of let myself convince myself that, okay, maybe, maybe the nine eleven thing isn't, you know, maybe there isn't this crazy conspiracy. Maybe well, I'm just being silly. And, and that, then, that, that is an interesting point, you know? So you're saying, I think you said sometime around 2006, you see a YouTube video that gets you questioning things. But then a mainstream magazine kind of dials that back and and gets you to the point where you kind of dismiss it again. Absolutely, because you know I, it was very uncomfortable. The whole you know believing that nine eleven wasn't what I was told was uncomfortable. So I think I was very open to some sort of authority telling me you know it's okay. It's not it's not what you think. Um, but you know I, I ended up watching. You know, over the between you know 2010, I think that's when that article came out, and you know since then I've watched other videos, and there's just no, I mean, there's no disputing, you know, what happened on 9/11 now. Um, 
But even, you know, at that point, I, 9-11 was still kind of an isolated thing. Um, I, I wasn't reading it as just one part of, of, an, of a huge web of deception. So this brings us up to what we were discussing earlier. And I, I was watching, um, you know, some of your videos. I, I had come across your Lunar Wave videos, which I found fascinating. Um, and then one of your videos had the... Uh, ended with a chant about uh, Sandy Hook. You know, nobody, nobody died, nobody got hurt. And I, I had no idea uh, what, what that was about, um, the, the, the notion of a hoaxed event uh, was foreign to me at the time. Uh, so I was interested. I mean, I was open-minded enough to go, oh, I got to know, you know, what, what do you mean nobody died at Sandy Hook? Uh, so I did a brief search on YouTube. And of course, you know, as any of your listeners would know, I found just a avalanche of, uh, of videos on the topic. Um, of course, at the top of the list, uh, top of the list was um, we need to talk about Sandy Hook, which I watched in its entirety probably a couple times, and then several other videos after that. And, you know, there's no disputing, you know, after watching that stuff, that it was an entirely staged, faked, hoaxed event. So so this was about a year ago then, um, when you finally uh, came across the uh, the video that I made, and just to be fair, yeah. that the, the nobody died, nobody got hurt was lifted from Dave J. But so it was roughly a year ago, and it was another YouTube video that got you to the point where you, you finally realized um, all the nonsense. Well, yeah, it was, you know, then, I mean, I was convinced now that Sandy Hook was, um, you know, a completely faked event. But then, you know, that led me to, you know, Boston bombing videos. It led, led me to Aurora theater shooting videos. And then, you know, by that point, you know, my, my world's been turned upside down and, and you know, what the bloody hell is going on. <laughs> um, and then uh, I want to make sure my I'm thinking clearly. It, it would have been the San Bernardino event which was the first one that occurred after I had kind of begun to see the news with with different eyes. Um, I actually even started a video on it. Um, there was another channel, um, Lift the Veil, who at the time was, was hitting the uh, um, San Bernardino event uh, pretty hard and putting out some pretty good stuff. Um, and, you know, to the point where, well, I wasn't going to bother, you know, putting out a San Bernardino video because he had already hit all the big topics. Um, and then, you know, I think the next big one was uh, the Brussels airport attack. Oh, yeah. And um, that was, you know, that topic was the first topic I tackled in a real um, video. I, I, I did a couple, you know, I put out some you know, uh, scanner feeds and stuff, but that attacking the, uh, um, Brussels event was, was my first real, um, uh, entry into the YouTube scene. Yeah. But that's kind of a big deal because look, look at the timeline you've drawn. So roughly a year ago, you see a video that I made lifting a chant, the Dave J channel made, so that changes your mind. Then you begin to realize that one event is fake. Then you re realize that a couple more events are fake within the United States. 
but then you jump international. So, I mean, mm-hmm. at, at that point, how are you viewing global, that's not even the right word, world media? How are you viewing it at this point? Are you still at the, are you still thinking to yourself, I have to take apart every single event? Or what's your mindset now that you've gone international and you're jumping in with your first video to take apart a, a faked event that happened in a different country? Well, by that point, um, I was already convinced now that every major, at least terrorist attack or um, mass shooting, was likely faked. I mean, that that the the uh, Brussels event, I think, was really what pushed me over the edge. Um, and then, you know, what the Paris attacks were before that too, right? Um, I don't remember the timeline, but I, I can tell you this. Paris was one of the most poorly executed um, false flags. I mean, maybe not at the level Sandy Hook was, but anyhow, don't let me interrupt you. Well, no, I, I mean, it was then, you know, then it, w- it was clear to me. And I, and I did research on several events. I, I don't do a video on everything that I research. And, you know, once you kind of get that, that paradigm shift, th- then the faked events are... I mean, it's it's clear as day. You, you don't even really have to do research, um, because you start seeing the same sorts of patterns, the same sorts of interviews, the same sorts of crappy video or crappy pictures, or the same sort of contrived stories or impossible coincidences. And it's just, it's just right there. Um, it's well, like when you, you when you finally see the dolphin in that weird poster that you see at the mall. Right. You know, you, you can't not see it. I mean, it, it, the fakery is just there. So, so let me ask you, you know, it's been a year. You've jumped in. I've recently seen you take apart false news. I think a bus crash was the last one I saw you do. I was impressed with your Macy's work because you did draw the line to cybernetics um, and Macy's involvement in that, showing what the upper crust and the rich people in this country are involved with. But... Um, are you at a point now, uh, how do I say this? I always tell people that there's a point after you've lived your life for about a year, no longer consuming false media, no longer buying into the system where your adult mind starts to work again. If you were to say, turn on the news any given day of the week and hear maybe one or two sentences, do you think you could derive whether the ring of truth is in that newscast or not? Um, I, I feel like, you know, intuitively, um, yes. I mean, the 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 recent bus one, I mean, that set off my spidey sense. Right. Uh, immediately. Um, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it's I mean, logic dictates at this point um, that any mass shooting or any, you know, quote unquote, terrorist attack is likely faked. And, and here's why. It, if we all assume that the, the ones that we've identified as fake are truly fake, then they're all fake. Because if these actually happened with any sort of frequency, you wouldn't need to fake them. <laughs> there, there it is, man. Logic rears its head. Um, you know, it's it's you just said a thing that there are so many people probably even people that will listen to this they just can't quite wrap their mind around what you just said but what you just said is so critically important because when a person reaches the deductive reasoning level that you just put out on the table you're no longer fooled yeah it's yeah and and i i remember um well i had put out 
oh, it was the Pulse nightclub. And I this was the, the one you know big mistake I made. I put out a video and it was all about where the, the breach holes were located. And I, I screwed that part up and had to do a retraction. And But I remember, you know, some of the comments I was getting, and it was from other truthers having, you know, you know, I think maybe you're you're suffering from, you know, confirmation bias and, you know, you just expect that it's fake. And that was where I kind of realized, well, of course I would expect it. It's fake. I mean, and like I just said, if, if you have an agenda that's that's furthered by this sort of event and this sort of event happens with some sort of regularity, why would you run the risk of faking one? Why wouldn't you just be patient and wait for the next inevitable real one to happen? That's right. But of course, none of none of this is real. We we're meant to believe that human beings really do this to each other, and and I don't believe they do. There you go, man. You just said maybe one of the most important things a human being in this age can hear. Human beings do not treat each other like this. If they were left to their own devices, for the most part, violence on any level like this would be such a rarity as to have little or no impact on how a world lives. Um, I will state verbatim that not only what you just said is true but i have been shouting from the rooftops for so long now that this world is a very safe very peaceful place that has been hidden by false violence well yeah the, the idea that you know not only do these things that human beings are doing these things to each other but it's happening daily <laughs> right it, it's just it's just it's preposterous it is no, it's oh. it's beyond the pale, and you know you know it's kind of a trippy thing to look back um, on your own life when you get to this point and, and try to imagine how was it that all those years, whatever point in anyone's life that might be, how how was it that we couldn't see it back then? Um, do you have any ideas about that? What what changed? I mean, for for you, I, I guess you kind of found a trail of other people talking about it that led you to do your own research. Um, but do you think something's actually changed? I mean, to, to put a random time up, why weren't there all kinds of us all over this nonsense, like the Manson BS in the seventies? Um, you know, I, I can't pretend to have, have a good answer for that. Um, you know, it may very well be that just, you know, with the Internet, that more people can, you know, find like-minded individuals who, you know, are thinking the same things. You know, if if the Internet existed during the Manson murders, I mean, you would have people on YouTube, you know, questioning it, going, hey, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. Um, so, you know, in many respects, the answer to the question just may be, you know, it's easier for um Communication. Yeah, the communication among you know quote unquote conspiracy theorists um, is is much easier now. So we can talk about these things. I mean, certainly, I have to believe that people at the time, you know, there, there had to have been a certain segment of the population, you know, watching these events in real time, going, you know, something just doesn't add up. But who are they going to talk to? Right. That, you know, that's an interesting thing. And, and I got to ask you, um, what are your feelings on something like, I mean, once you get to the place where you have recently arrived, um, then other questions are going to come, like the major events in history. So what are your feelings about something like the moon landing? Um, I, you know, I, I'll go on record as saying I believe that is uh, absolutely a faked event, 100% hogwash. <laughs> Did that change for you in light of what you come came to know about world media and false violence and hoaxed news? Um, or had you had that at, 
you know, was that your, your view prior to you discovering, you know, Sandy Hook or 9-11? Um, I think it's fair to say I, uh, I was convinced that it was faked after um, kind of my awakening, after realizing that Sandy Hook was fake. Um, I had always, you know, I had seen, you know, discussions about the moon landing, but I, I never kind of, you know, I never really uh, fully bought into it. Um, I revisited that topic, you know, after my awakening, so to speak. And, you know, and it clearly, I mean, the, I, you know, I, there's so much material on the, uh, the, the faked moon landings. I don't want to take a whole bunch of time, but, you know, just the fact that they never turn around 360 degrees. I mean, that by itself, I mean, in all of the footage, I mean, they never break the fourth wall. <laughs> right. I mean, I, it's, it's... I, I know, I know if I, if I were one of those guys and I was really on the fricking moon, you know, I'd be doing twirls. Of course. And but, not, only, I mean, not only that, you'd be getting the best view of like other planets or whatever, you know, you could see that anyone's ever had. Yeah, it's all, I mean, it's, but you, you have to be ready to see it and to, you know, go back to your earlier question, you know, why do, why did we go so long without seeing these things? Or how does an individual person go so long or continue to not see these things? I mean, we, you know, it's a cliche, but we, we see what we expect to see. I mean, if, if, you know, I know, I mean, just a year ago, I thought Sandy Hook was real. I mean, if, if you're not, if you're not exposed to that, that concept, I mean, it really doesn't cross your mind. You know, it's a funny thing. There's a line in the movie, the Truman show where Kristoff, the guy living in the fake moon, um, says a very true thing. He says, people accept the reality they're presented with. When people keep saying, you know, you can't do this in front of Truman or that, he'll catch on. And he basically says, no, he won't. You know, he'll believe whatever I tell him to believe, um, which is a bit ironic because it was my chanting video. So I'm, I'm singing a chant that Dave J came up with and I had talked with him and I thought it was the best description um, I had ever heard in kind of a one-liner to describe what was going on. Um, I remember talking to him, telling him, you know, you invented this. You got to put this on mugs and shirts and all, all this stuff. But the, the, the ironic thing here is, this is all the clips that I've made. I intentionally sat down that day and I was going to use one of the methods I know is used against us where you use just repetitiveness, where you keep mm -hmm. saying the same thing over and over and over and over. Um, and so, you know, now that I finally met you, if you're the only person that I ever hear of um, that watched one of my clips and got to where you were, then it was worth it, you know, beyond what I can describe. But to get back to the idea, you know, I'm asking you what you thought of the moon. Um, the reason I did that is because I want to see after a year and now you're even challenging and breaking apart the false, the false things that you see and can even detect them without the assistance of another person or human being. Um, do you feel like there's a level where you won't go? Like, what if I said to you, uh, do you believe that World War II is real in the way it was presented to us, you know, ratchet it up another level. Um, where would you be with that? You know, at this point, nothing surprises me. Um, so, you know, I, I would be open given compelling evidence to, to just about anything going back as far back as you want to go. You know, honestly, I, I can't, I can't say that I've done the research on, um, you know, really anything other than current events, but no, I mean, 
there's no reason for me to believe that this is a recent thing. Right. I mean, we've probably been being lied to as as far back, at least as, you know, um, modern technology, as far back as radio and television. But hell, even before that, it was probably even easier to lie to people. You write it down and a couple people who who uh, read the newspaper. Uh, I mean, you believe anything you're told. I mean, who knows how far we've how far this deception goes back. Right. Well, it, what it really seems to be is that the same people who always held power, the royal houses, places like the Vatican, which of course are related to royal houses, they always held the power, they always made the rules, they did all these things. Um, There's never been a time when the world wasn't governed in the way that we're seeing, it's just that we're seeing it in the light of modern technology. But as you begin to go back through history, you will discover, you know, I recently took apart... I, I don't accept any war. It's it's exactly what you said. I was a Marine, and I, I was a Marine during the first Gulf War, and I remember consciously, as we were being shipped off, thinking to myself, will I aim my M16 at another human being and blow them away just because someone told me to? And mm-hmm. I had decided that there's no way in hell. I, I'm not going to put that kind of baggage on my existence. I will not take another human life unless maybe I'm going to die or something. But before I had even left where I was in Japan, um, I had come to this realization. And later in life, that got me thinking about all wars. So I went and took apart more as a demonstration for others than myself. I took apart uh, Pearl Harbor through mm-hmm. a film called December 7th, which purported to be a documentary with real combat, and then a show, and then a similar documentary on Midway um, to demonstrate that it was all nonsense. Um, so I, I think what I'm hearing from you is that you're such a logical individual that you made the logical leaps that kind of prove you're in your adult higher mind, because while you may not be sure about many given things, you're not going to be surprised anymore. No, no, I, and again, you know, it's just a matter of, of seeing enough evidence. And most of the time, you know, as I've, as I'm discovering is that you, you really don't need to, well, let me backtrack for a second. In most of my videos, um, I put a lot of information. I pack a lot of information into my videos. Um, I think for anybody who is, thinking clearly i could make the videos five minutes long and they'd be like okay this is fake as shit dude i mean it's right because like how many bizarre coincidences do you need within an event how many (laughs) you know how many nonsensical uh you know circumstances i mean i put in you know probably 15 or 20 um you know, anomalies, you know, for lack of a better word, into my discussion. But, I mean, do you really need that? I mean, would you need that many if uh, in, in your day-to-day life, I, I mean, you pretty much detect when somebody's lying to you pretty quick with maybe one piece of evidence. That's right. Yet when it comes to things we see on the news, our threshold is so much larger, you know, just, you know, ridiculously large. You know, here's 10 things that don't make sense. Oh, well, you know. <laughs> Well, right. It, it's kind. Of, it's kind of like the the allegory, you know, of being a child. Still, you know, you need your daddy and that patina that the news exudes, where they're the authority, and all us kids just need to listen. I mean, I mean, that's really what you're pointing at. Yeah, I mean, if you suspected that, uh, 
your wife and your brother were having an affair um, and found out that, you know, neither of them would answer their phone one afternoon and you found out they were both, you know, coincidentally on a business trip in the same city, you'd probably guess they were fucking. <laughs> I mean, how many how many more pieces of evidence would you look for? No, it, it's, a, it's a good point. I mean, even if you just took this statistically, if you look at a news event, um, and you find three things that just don't quite work, um, but you realize that there's 20 things. I mean, who who can still, you know, it's it's almost like most people have already made up their mind beforehand um, that can watch some of these videos. I mean, let's take let's take your recent video that you did on the nonsense bus bus crash. Mm-hmm. Um, one one thing that just I loved about that video is actually why I reached out to you after I saw that video. I saw the Macy's work you did. I mentioned you in an episode as someone, and at that time I didn't even realize that it was one of my videos that got you doing your own research. But um, the Macy's videos, loved it. Um, loved to see what you were doing. And the, yeah, you were kicking down the walls around you. But that bus one, there's a certain part in the video where you actually did the research to show what a bus looks like being crushed in a tow yard and then yeah. demonstrating its identical damage to the bus that's being portrayed in this fake bus crash. And what was so ironic about it is the the research you did was almost like the truth wanted to be known, you know? <laughs> what are the odds that um, you could get footage that is so compellingly identical? Yeah, I, I did a little... Uh dance when i found that video (laughs) i I couldn't believe it um describe to people what we're talking about and by the way this is the last video up on changing reason youtube channel but tell them tell them about the bus accident and then the footage you found um well for for those of you don't know um on november 21st you know supposedly a school bus in uh, chattanooga um ran into a tree you know, flipped over, ran into a tree. Um, and, um, boy, there's so much to that. You know, specifically the damage, you know, the things on its side, it's against a tree. There's no dirt. There's nothing on this bus. I mean, it, it's perfectly pristine except for the structural damage. And it just, it didn't look like it had hit you know, a tree at a high speed. Right, but um, you, you actually present the, the the supposed bus that was supposed to have been in this accident that I guess killed kids or whatever they're claiming. Yeah, yeah. You had a, a front shot and a side shot after it was pulled out on the tow truck, and you noted at the time that the one good side shot they had they had hidden part of the bus with a tarp. Oh yeah, the the after they removed the bus the next day, they take the bus, they they put it back on its wheels, they put it on a flatbed, they drive it off. There's all these photos and, and video of it. They've got a giant blue tarp covering the uh, the bulk of the damage, which that by itself is absolutely bizarre. Why, why on earth would you do that? Right. Um, but then the overall shape, you know, there's, I've got a photo. It's a nice, perfect profile of, of, the, of the damaged bus. And it just, it did not look to me like it hit a tree. It, it looked crushed. So I went on to YouTube and just did a search for, um, you know, bus demolition or, you know, something like that. And lo and behold, came across this video of a, of a bus being demolished in a scrapyard. 
and you know the the damage is is identical. As it's freaking it's freaking identical, man. So so what happens is he gets pictures of the supposed false flag bus, but then he notices there's a tarp. And being a logically minded individual, he says, what the hell's that tarp doing there? Why, what are they hiding? You know, why wouldn't you just tow a bus away? So he goes, finds this other footage. But what you see in the false flag bus is that the the frame is bent and the front of the bus is crushed in a way that it, it should not be. It's crushed way too high. When he goes to the demolition yard and finds the other bus, the frame is identical identically bent in the same way when a machine presses it to crush it and not only that the damage on the front end of the demolition bus is identical to the false flag bus and i i mean i was sitting here laughing my ass off by the time i got there because in my mind it was almost like the truth was trapped in that bus screaming for someone to let it out you know yeah that, that somebody at some point randomly shot a almost identical bus being uh scrapped is you know i guess an amazing coincidence <laughs> uh, it's be it's be i mean it's 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 stunning how closely you were able to show how that bus was likely actually damaged but you know one thing i i do encourage people who haven't already seen it to watch it it's a long video it's about 50 minutes um but the the, the crash itself and the condition of the bus is really only a portion of, of what's wrong i mean just the whole idea of you know, there's this crazy bus driver, and he's been picking on the kids and driving recklessly since the beginning of the school season, and parents are complaining, <laughs> the principal of the school is complaining, you know, all these people are com- complaining, and nobody did anything. I mean, the, the catastrophic, you know, incompetence that is required in order for this to even be remotely true, you know, by multiple bodies. I mean, it's just... It's it's impossible to believe. It's it again. I use the word a lot, but it's preposterous. If this were if this were a script in a movie, you know, you'd think this is a ridiculous plot, right? Well, a lot of it seems to be in stories like this, where subconsciously, all the people that are eating up this nonsense are being disillusioned by authority. So you know, you you, you expect you know, a school district or other people to, to conduct themselves in a certain way. But these stories, not only are they false, not only are they pushing the fear of porn, not only doing all the things they're doing, but they're painting a picture that there's no portion of American society left that is competent in a way. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, we're, we're just... We're just all, you know, every organization on the planet is just completely retarded. I mean, I, I, I don't... know. Yeah, 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 it's a true it, thing. And and how many kid how, how many kids were supposedly killed in this? Um, well, ultimately, it ended up, you know, according to reports, being six. Um, you know, I've got a breaking news app on my phone, so I was immediately notified as soon as this hit, you know, the national airwaves, so to speak. And in the first, you know, hour or two um, after the event was, um, after the story broke, it was twelve students dead <laughs> they can't that, count they can't count it, corpses it, 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 it was it was it was 12 dead and then it became six dead later that evening then by the next morning it was five dead and then 24 hours later or so a sixth student died now what, what's interesting here you know because you know the naysayers like say well people sloppy reporting blah 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 but you know for one thing these numbers came from somewhere um 
But more importantly, you know, in the case of the six dead, you know, after the 12 dead, you know, the six dead was, quote, confirmed by the, the Chattanooga District Attorney's Office. Um, I mean, how, how, how would they confirm six dead if actually only five were dead? And then the five became six. So is the, the DA's office, you know, psychic? Um, and where, where on earth would 12 come from? Right. Well, that, um, you know, that it, almost it, seems to me in a way, you know, I always I don't know if you agree with this. And I, I meant to ask some other researchers this. We, we've been seeing this a lot lately where the initial counts of how many people are dead or injured. It changes over the next couple of days. And it almost seems to me what they're doing is trying to get people who take apart the numbers in these false events to put out videos that they can later you know, that will be wrong because they're going to change the numbers later. But I mean, do you, do you have any opinion as to why the numbers would be changed in this way? So publicly, um, you know, I, I don't know for sure, you know, in this video, you know, I, I chalk it up to just, you know, the event didn't really happen. I mean, that's the first thing we need that's to understand right. is that, you know, it didn't really happen. There weren't any kids on the bus that, you know, there wasn't a sadistic bus driver. I mean, it's all, it's all fiction. So you've got, you know, a script of some kind, a literal script of some kind that has various numbers and a timeline and all that. And, right, you know, the, the six dead confirmed, so to speak, you know, or, or supposedly by the, the district attorney's office, you know, maybe somebody read ahead. Oh, they missed. Oh, it's supposed to be five dead first. And they read six ahead of time. And then, you know, it had to be corrected. You know, the 12 dead, you know, a, a few days after the event, we're told that there's 12 in the hospital, you know, six in stable condition, six in critical condition. So there we have the number 12. Is it a coincidence that early reports had 12 dead? And then they're reporting later 12 in the hospital. I mean, is it just a matter of people making mistakes, misreading the script, releasing information um, at the wrong time? Well, that um, you know, that is a st- this. This is what you're what you just described is a methodology put forward by the Tavistock Institute on how to socially engineer where you put out an event that people can never quite get their you know sharp picture of and then you introduce conflicting information and then you introduce erroneous information then you you know so you keep doing this until people just say I don't give a crap anymore um, and they accept it as true so I mean that pattern does follow the kind of social engineering methodology that anyone can look up. Right. Yeah. And and again, I, you know, in most of my videos, I do kind of at the end, you know, give my two cents, you know, some sort of interpretation of what, you know, what I've just discussed, but you know, the end game, the exact motivation, what the agenda for every single event is. I, who knows? I mean, I could be chasing my tail endlessly trying to figure that out. And, and to a degree, um, yeah, I don't know if it matters. That's um, right. You need to and, move and, on, right? I mean, once you know it's BS, you need to just drop it. And and, and that's you know more broadly, um, you know, I I try to tailor my videos, you know, both to uh, you know an audience that's already quote you know awake, but also make them accessible to people who aren't yet you know receptive, um, you know, to the notion of a faked event. Um, which is why I, I kind of put the amount of detail into it. I, I think one um, one issue I have with a lot of videos that are out there is that they kind of take for granted that the that the viewer, you know, believes all this stuff. That's right, and that's what you and I were talking about, and that is another reason I wanted to speak with you because you have such a level-headed delivery that is 
can be advanced or remedial in a way. Um, maybe not the highest advancement point I'm making is it's good for someone who understands what's going on, but it allows those people who aren't quite there to have a, a rung on the ladder to step on. Right. I mean, if at the very least, if, you know, if somebody like me, you know, a year or so ago, um, can watch one of my videos and at least go, okay, you know, something stinks. I don't know if the whole thing's fake, but something stinks. I mean, at least, you know, I've pointed somebody in a direction. Um, you know, I, I don't, I'm not, I don't operate under the delusions that, you know, somebody who's never been exposed to the idea of a hoaxed event is going to watch one of my videos and go, okay, I'm convinced, but at least it can, you know, tip them off that maybe things aren't as they seem. And hopefully maybe they come back and watch a couple more of my videos and start thinking, okay, too much of this doesn't make sense. That's right. And, I mean, and, face it, though. I mean, you, you started from a terrible chant video that I made, and that's what set you on your way. And, and your videos are very – there's a very level-headed delivery in your videos, which and I truly appreciate that. Because, like you mentioned, so many people that are really advanced researchers, they become very jaded um, for a few reasons, I think. Partially because they understand that all the people who aren't getting this are forcing us all to live in a terrible world. Every person who refuses to consider these things and be part of the majority that allows this to go on, in a way, causes this reality for the rest of us. But what also happens is they've been saying the same thing over and over and over for year after year, and you become jaded, and you become... You lose your patience with people who just don't see it. So um, I think that's a critical a critical point to make. Yeah, I I, I agree. I mean, I, having done it for you know my my first Brussels uh, video was uh, put up on March 29th. So you know I'm I'm three months away from a full year of doing you know kind of the the deconstruction videos that nice. I've been doing and but. You know, yeah, I, I, I'm, I already find myself getting jaded. I mean, every other day, I think, do I want to keep doing this? Especially, you know, I, you know, you've, you've got some of the trolling that happens in the comment section. That's you know, right. I, I try not to let it get to me. Um, you know, sometimes it does. You know, I have to convince myself that probably most of these people are, you know, deliberately trolling. It's not some normal person that just happened upon my yeah, video. I got to go defend this bus crash because it's that important to me. <laughs> Yeah, or, or just you know, or 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 you start seeing the patterns in That's in right. the types of comments, like you know, my cousin's kid was on the bus. Or, <laughs> that, you know. That's that. That is the golden fingerprint. I just had someone drop that because I called the warehouse fire, and then they popped off that they lost three good friends. No, um, yeah, I I literally just today had somebody post on the bus one that you know I live six miles from that school, and you know my cousin's kid was. Uh, or oh, come on i mean and or even better you know when the, a good friend died and you know it, it's only been 24 hours and you're talking to the crazy people <laughs> on youtube i mean wh why aren't you like mourning with your friends and family why right it wouldn't if, if i were just a normal person and somebody i knew and loved died in a real tragedy i mean the i think literally the last thing i would do would be hop on youtube i, I just <laughs> I, I it, you know, and so many people fall for it. You know, I used to make fun of those comments by responding like, "Well, I'd like to offer an apology for my uncle's girlfriend's cousin's sister's nephew." You know, yeah, um, uh, because it is such a fingerprint that 
every you know this happened with a shark attack um, that I called out uh, in San Diego, and this now I don't know if you followed me, but they used. A, a fake shark problem in San Diego to get drones in the air with the lifeguards, but they faked a great white attack and someone actually went through all this effort to contact me through the higher side chats and all this other stuff to claim that they knew this was real, that they knew it. And I kept standing my ground saying, I recognize face fake news. I know what the story is. We don't have a shark problem here. While people can be attacked by sharks, I recognize nonsense when I see it. And as the conversation progressed, it became, I got involved to help, e, to, to help ESPN make a more quality account of the death of this noble man. And at that point, I called him out, and they ran like hell. But the fingerprint and the tell is you will never hear people say, that was my brother. That was my mom. It's always my second cousin once removed or my friend's girlfriend. You know, it, it, it's just a, it's a fingerprint. The minute yeah. you see it, you can recognize it. But, I mean, you'd, you'd think that they, they'd stop doing that. But then you realize it's not for – they're not trying to convince the person who made the video. They're That's trying right. to convince – they're trying to dissuade anybody who happens upon the video, hoping to see that comment toward the top of the, of the list – Right. You go, oh, okay. You know, it's fake. Okay, never mind. I'll, I'll move on. You right. know, so it's it's not. They're not trying to. They're not trying to convince us. They're trying to convince potential viewers. And not only that, they're leveraging off your childish emotions. You see, if a person dies in real life, a real person dies, that person is gone. The idea that you can do something to their name or make their memory any worse than it was or all these things are playing on a child mind because the truth is if a really a person died then really pretty quickly you'll be able to understand that really a person died but the truth mm -hmm. is um, just because death is claimed that is no reason for you to let your childish emotional mind be manipulated into not challenging it because the truth is uh, we live in a system that is merciless and mm -hmm. it is coming at us every day and it is turning the majority of people probably uh, into animal form you know the horses and the pigs and the dogs that's the majority of our society yeah. right now um, anyone can read that book but um, I, I wanted to ask you you know, for a while there, uh, some years ago, when so many of us were standing up and just taking endless flack from trolls, um, the challenge became uh, to ask people, did anyone die or was anyone hurt? So I'll ask you, was anyone hurt or did anyone die in the bus crash you covered? Absolutely not. No, absolutely not. That was, uh, they, they just, they just crushed a bus and leaned it against a tree, um, Absolutely. Uh, the, whoever this, you know, Jonathan e. Walker is, I mean, he's probably some convict. Um, you know, they throw his mugshot up and call him the uh, bus driver. But no, I mean, it was a completely fictional event. But he got hurt in that, that uh, Chattanooga bus crash. And, right, uh, right. The, and and so that that had become for I don't know it was two or three years ago that was one of the challenged by the really people that I respect and view as very realized and actually quite a bit further down the road than most people um, recognizing what this place is that we live and you know what you and I are talking about just being a symptom of it the the challenge which is why I made that video became um, nobody died nobody got hurt and that was a way. 
to measure along with fingerprints like, oh, someone's cousin's brother's sister's dog died. Um, but anyhow, we're at about 45 minutes. Do you want to take a break for a minute um, and then let me get back and pick up recording in about 10 minutes? Um, yeah, if you could, I want to just touch upon a couple real brief things um, about that bus crash. If Perfect. we could before yeah. before we take the break, let's do you know, it. One, one thing, and, and I point this out in the video. Um, in early reporting, um, after the Chattanooga bus crash, you know, twenty three students were taken to the hospital. Um, that number was later bumped to twenty four, but the initial reports was twenty three. Well, again, coincidentally, um, you know, November twenty first was a Monday. So Friday, November 18th, there was a bus crash in um, Nashville. And guess how many students were sent to the hospital? 23. <laughs> 23 students. I mean, you can see the headline. I mean, that by itself, that, that's an example of, of the kind of thing where, you know, anybody who's, who's being honest with themselves, I mean, what are the frickin' odds that you'd have Two bus crashes, two nearly identical buses, by the way, both flipping over, one in Tennessee, one in Chattanooga, and they both send the exact same number of students to the hospital? I mean... Boy, they're, they're almost doing the whole Gemini twin story there. So, I mean, how identical were these stories? Well, the, the first one, the November 18th one, um, you know, this was a flip over on, on a, either an on-ramp or an off-ramp um, from an expressway. Um, you know, nobody died in this one. You know, there were 23 injuries. It didn't get a whole lot of coverage, um, not like the Chattanooga one did. That I mean, they really went all out and they came up with the, the crazy bus driver story and, you know, kids died and, you know, all sorts of stuff. They made it into a real spectacle that hung around in the news for, you know, quite a few days. Huh, that's... And, and, it, and it was it was it, during the investigation of the of that crash that I came across the, the the crash from three days earlier with the same you know number of injuries I mean it's just it's impossible it's, it's that's I you know the my my problem now is so many people bring things up I just don't watch the news anymore I I let very very little media gets to pass through my eyeballs <laughs> so um, that that's very interesting to me I would I would love to see a breakdown um, if anyone does it, of the correlation between the two events. You know, I, I almost, how many days apart were they? Three days. One was Friday the 18th, one was Monday the 21st. See, I, I, made, a, I made a joke that I was seeing if it would catch on about Moon Manson Woodstock showing the timeline of fraud back in the 60s where they faked the moon landing and then to get people's eyes off that ball, they were right into the Manson hoax. And then to get people off that, they went straight into Woodstock, which also did not occur as it was described. Um, I wonder if it's a bit of that going on where they're just trying to shift the view away. Or, yeah, again, this goes to, you know, what what is the end game? What is the motivation? I mean, is it just that two cities had the same drill planned or, or a similar drill? Um, one had a little bit more backstory to it, which would be the Chattanooga one. You know, I, I don't, I don't know the answer to that question. I just know that, you know, two bus crashes happening in the same state, three days apart, with the same number of people getting sent to the hospital. Right. I mean, th that should, all by itself, 
you know, raise red flags for, for anybody paying attention. I mean, just... it's, yeah, it's, it's a bit ironic. Did you know, like in the Marine Corps, if you have an accident, uh, say with a Humvee or, or even, you know, people on motorcycles that are off duty and then you have another similar event within like a week, they will stop all use of those vehicles instantly um, to assess how to address the problem. Um, so it's a bit ironic that that would go down with the supposed, you know, facilities that are carrying all of our children, um, and that's just okay in the course of business. But I've got to ask you, did you notice other people breaking down the first of those two events like you did? Were there a lot of people who were on that? Do you know? Um, you know, I, I, offhand, I didn't. I didn't see a whole lot of coverage of the of the um, the Nashville crash. Um, you know, I could be mistaken. I mean, certainly there's probably somebody out there. But again, that one didn't get a whole lot of media coverage. Um, so it just may not have crossed anybody's radar. Um, it was the Chattanooga one that, that got a lot more mainstream media coverage. And that's that's how it came to my attention. Yeah, but, I mean, but I, how much how much coverage from people like you? How Did you see other people breaking it down as a false event in the way you did? Um. The Chattanooga crash? Yeah, the first of the two. Yes, Chattanooga. Um, well, the I there's a channel hooked on your hoax. Um, he did a brief one. I think there's a couple other channels that did brief ones. Um, I'm not aware of any other channels that kind of went to the level of detail that I did. Um, but I guess you know that's that's kind of my thing. That's why I only put out a video like once every three weeks. How many hits? Do you know how many hits you got on the Chattanooga breakdown you did? Um, I can tell you. Because I think probably I mentioned your name at least once on one of my shows um, in the course of that, that video being posted. Yeah, I've got about 6,000 views on that one. I mean, far from going viral. I mean, it's a decent view count. What's typical for you? Um. Boy, that's that's probably in the two thousand range. So, so it's yeah. definitely it's definitely you know getting more attention than my average video. Um, but again, nothing. I mean, I only have three videos that are over ten thousand views. Right, but I, those... I I would point out though, um, we have demonstrated that YouTube the the hit count on YouTube is utter nonsense. As is your subscriber count. Um, I I almost I was going to do a video this week that showed my analytics to show just statistically how ridiculous um, my sub counts are. Like, they'll allow me to get 40 or 50, and then in little bite-sized chunks, they'll take them all back but two. This goes on and on and on. It has been going on. I used to gain 1,000 to 2,000 subs a month. Um, I have been in the 60K range forever, but that's kind of beside the point. Um, the hit count is so manipulated and it's been shown time and time again and i would suggest that a channel like mine mentions you um that it could well be that a hell of a lot more people viewed your video than you're even seeing in that you know six six thousand yeah that could be the case i mean it's kind of one of those things i i have no way of knowing so i try right. to just not think about it <laughs> So in, in the year that you've been doing this, what do you think is the, the kind of biggest nonsense event that you've witnessed? Um, clearly there's themes, but I mean, is there one that jumps out at you as being 
particularly mm -hmm. pernicious, um, you know, kind of mind invasive. Um, like, I don't know, for, for me, in a way, it's Nice. Um, the Nice truck attack, which I did not cover because, I mean, people were all over that. I mean, instantly. I mean, that... That may well be the the least believable of of the uh, of the high profile events of 2016. I mean, just the idea that a truck could run over. I mean, what was the number? I mean, like a hundred and some. Oh, I, I mean, think I think we're talking about two different events. I'm talking about the kind of. Oh, I'm sorry. I said Nice. I meant the Paris shootings. Oh, okay. Um, I'm sorry. The 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 Paris shootings. Yeah, I mean, I didn't do. I mean, those had occurred right, you know, kind of while I was waking up. I hadn't made any videos yet. I didn't do a huge amount of personal research into those. Um, you know, I, I noticed a few things like, uh, you know, you had these uh, CCTV images that were released from a couple different, um, you know, bakeries or restaurants or whatever it was. And I noticed that no matter where the camera was, every time the supposed shooting was supposed to be happening, like all this debris was just like all of a sudden appearing in front of the camera. <laughs> and, and if you go back and look at them, it's, it's there. And it, like, what is, where's this debris? I mean, it's supposed to be, oh, well, somebody's shooting. So stuff is flying through the air. <laughs> I, I, but I mean, it just, it's not realistic. Um, but no, I mean, plenty of people have done good work on, on the Paris shootings, and you know those were pretty sloppy. Um, honestly, I, I think the uh, the Pulse nightclub was. Yeah, I, I agree. Very sloppy. The the reason I mentioned Paris is because for a while there there was footage where there was a supposed police officer laying on the ground, and a terrorist runs up to him with an AK-47 assault rifle, and I forget shoots once, twice. I I don't know, but basically point blank with an assault rifle. And it is so blatantly obvious that you're looking at nonsense that it's hard for me to imagine. And then I began to think about film, you know, because in film they always show someone gets stabbed with a knife and they're incapacitated, which is ridiculous. Or someone gets shot and they can still carry on. You know, someone shoots them with an M16 and they're still able to move around. Um, and I started to think that that programming really must be working because it was basically... A, a you know a cap gun pointed at this cop um and it, it you know it was supposed to be an assault rifle and that's when it, i really started to realize how programmed people are because i forget how many hits that video clip that that was showing that had but it was a hell of a lot mm -hmm. i mean and again and i think you left a comment on well probably my bus video i mean the, the when you look closely the, the details i mean they just collapse upon themselves it just right. you know it just doesn't make sense folks if you it, it, again you know you wouldn't accept these sorts of of inconsistencies or bizarre coincidences or things that just don't make sense in your day-to-day -day lives you just would not accept it no if, the, you're, if, if your employer or your girlfriend or your teenage uh, you know son or daughter was feeding you bullshit that was you know a fraction as ridiculous as the type of stuff we see on the news you wouldn't fall for it no that's right and i say over and over that there is not a hoax put in front of us that will not die under the weight of its own details but therein lies the problem um so many of us for whatever reason are just not adults we don't you know we just we get all this information thrown at us and we absorb it like a sponge when we should yeah. be saying, wait a minute, man, not so fast. Now, now to be fair, um, 
you know, I, you know, I was one of those people, you know, again, you know, a year ago. So I, I, I know that people, um, I understand the point that, you know, you and others make when we, you know, kind of criticize, you know, we, we like them call, call them the sheep or the sheeple, but you know, these are our, our friends and neighbors and family members. And, True. you know, it, you know, it's a very, um, you know, the bad guys are doing a good job. I mean, it's hard to, to blame, you know, people who aren't quote awake yet. I mean, well, to, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And the real truth is, is we need those people. Um, we need those people to join us, um, and, and, you know, become aware and change a lot of minds and change what's going on here. But at the same time, there comes a point when you begin to realize that the likelihood of enough people coming around starts to look like just a snowball's chance in hell. Um, and that's when you start to kind of say, you know, there's so many people out there pointing out the nonsense. How come more of us aren't coming around? Um, but I agree with you. Um, and that's another reason why I appreciate your channel because your level headed kind of execution really does give an opportunity for those people who are new to the game. I mean, for, for, as an example, um, you know, my mom and dad who are each in their seventies, um, I've got them watching my videos and, you know, he watched my, my, my dad in particular, um, you know, watched my first couple Brussels videos and he didn't, he just didn't know what to make of it. He's like, well, I think it's just bad reporting or, you know, people trying to make themselves, you know, you know, just kind of, and I said, and I kept making them and he kept watching. And then, you know, by the time I had, you know, made, you know, three or four videos on the Brussels, he was starting to come around. He's like, boy, it's just the story just doesn't make sense. And now he's to the point where he he's pretty much, you know, on my page. Wow. And, and, you know, my mom is a little more resistant. But as soon as, you know, I I point out a couple things, you know, I, I can see her going, yeah, that just that just doesn't make sense. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how to argue with you. Well, um, it kind of so- kind of shows you're doing a good job because I, you know, one of the tenets that I have lived by to try to keep a level head and try to always force myself to get back to level delivery um, when you start to drift away and become jaded is that the older a person is, the harder it's going to be for them to throw away a lifetime of building what they consider a normal day to be. Um, so that's a pretty impressive thing that I just heard from you um, for for your work to be changing minds of people in their seventies. Yeah, and and I mean I think it helps. I you know I have a good relationship with my parents, and they you know they tr- they trust me. They know I'm not you know some crazy person, um, and you know they can they can tell I'm I'm putting the research into it. I'm not. I'm showing real things. I'm showing real inconsistencies in the reporting, real inconsistencies in eyewitness accounts, you know, just nonsensical elements of of the various stories. And anybody who, you know, pays attention to the real world knows that things work a certain way. And if anything, you know, tremendously deviates from what is expected, you know, you should start questioning, you know, whether it's, you know, how authorities respond to things or how eyewitnesses respond to things or how grieving parents respond to things. We all know how people are supposed to behave under certain circumstances. I mean, one of my favorite, you know, 
bullcrap criticisms is you know everybody mourns differently well no you know they don't everybody <laughs> everybody doesn't mourn differently it, that's probably pretty predictable you know it's predictable enough that when detectives are investigating a real crime you know if family members are not behaving the way one would expect them to behave you know suspicion is thrown at them because you know the way people grieve loss is so predictable well, they, they even have the five stages of grief, don't they? That's how predictable it is. So when you see people getting on TV, you know, 24 hours after their six-year-old daughter was brutally murdered. Right. And, and, and able to even form a sentence, let alone, you know, advocate for some cause. I mean, you, your, your, your bullshit detector should be going off. Heck yeah. And, and I almost like, particularly in the bus one you just did, um, you got to imagine that these people are bought off in some way. These what were what are often called crisis actors, but clearly um, you would expect that probably the people pulling off the bus incident must at least live in the area. <laughs> you would hope. Um, who knows? Yeah. My my point being this, it had occurred to me that they're almost patsies, like they're almost being treated like a throwaway person. Where if this story does get out of hand they'll throw that person to the wolf to become the scapegoat. You know, how could you have lied about your own child? That kind of thing. Right. And maybe that's the case. But, you know, in in, in this particular event, it'd be tough because, you know, you've got one of the mothers claiming that she wrote a letter to the bus driver. Right. You know, which, by the way, you know, if 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 my kids are telling me that they're being, you know, basically tortured by the bus driver, I'm going to walk my ass out and go face to face with that bus driver. I'm not going to write a, a damned letter. No, but anyways, I, I'm so, just going to put them on the bus every day. Yeah, I'm going to keep putting them on the bus, but I'm going to write a stern letter. And 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 then, you know, she claims she she wrote a letter, and then the the principal read the letter out loud to the bus driver in front of the students on the bus. I mean, what? I mean, that's <laughs> it's comedy, and, and, then, and then and then the bus driver responds, "I'm going to keep doing it." Yeah, and, I do it. I won't. He took a. Lead. I'm going to. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it anyway. I mean, this is the principal of the school, and yet you know, just things kept going on. I mean, this was supposed to be like a week or two before the crash. I mean, uh, how anybody can believe that? I mean, especially. I mean, I can understand that somebody who's not exposed, you know, just normal people, I can understand how they can fall for it. But, you know, when you've got truthers out there who who are who are buying that, I, I just I don't understand it. Well, you know, in a way, it, it's been a long time coming. I mean, think back to the Clinton blowjob, you know, Re mm -hmm. think think all the way back to when the, the nation per se is going to lose, you know, two years of its life on this false event where supposedly the highest you know, the most powerful man in the world, as they call him, um, is having a blowjob in the office to just really begin to lower everyone's expectations. And then we get all the way up to the Trump-Hillary thing, and it's a clown show. And I ask, you know, I've asked in my podcast, what adult listening to this right now, an actual adult in their adult mind, can accept this election as anything but a clown show? Um, and, and here's the rub, though, because if you think it's problematic or you don't agree with it, yet you still participate in it, then you are giving tacit acceptance to the clown show. Um, and it's a sad thing. Yeah, the, the election, um, you know, I, I think going back to, to my parents, I think this election 
also contributed to their kind of awakening. I mean, just how um, just scripted this whole election cycle has been, um, I think, really started to uh, open their eyes even more. I mean, it just so the, th- the timing of some of these things, uh, it's 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 like an episode of you know scandal. I mean it's it's like a TV show. I mean it's just it's impossible to believe. Yeah, it's beyond. <laughs> and and I and I wouldn't mind you know talking a little bit more about this. Did you did you hear my breakdown about the electoral college? Yeah, well, refresh my memory. I think I caught at least a piece of it. Um, I just pointed out that all elections are nonsense, that the Electoral College was actually built to ensure that the same people who have always held power can overrule the popular vote, which has happened four times. And actually, uh, what's the, uh, I can't think of his name right now. One of the presidents that, that stole the election with the Electoral College, his descendants are the people who make the Pawn Star show. The people on oh, yeah. Harrison. Yeah. Benjamin Harrison is one of the four times when the popular vote was ignored and they seated a president with the Electoral College. But the real tell here is the state of Rhode Island, which is where I am now, um, refused to participate and said, this is fraud. This is nothing more than a backdoor to stealing elections and we won't participate, which means only 12 of the original 13 colonies created it. Um, So it proves that all elections are a fraud. Um, well, I agree that, you know, elections are a fraud. Um, you know, I, I can't speculate how far back. I mean, everybody with well, people who think the way I think, you know, use the, the, the term, you know, presidents are selected, not elected. Right. I believe that's very much true. Um, you know, at, at this point, I, I don't believe a mechanism like the Electoral College is is required to you know steal an election because i don't i don't think it's a legit i don't think it's a legitimate contest to begin with that's right you're making a good point in other words you know I, i had asked the question of some very educated people here what role did we play in selecting the american people play in selecting the candidates before they were ever voted on you see, like Barack Obama is a good example. You know, how how did he get elevated up into the president? Was that a function of what we were doing? Um, and I think you make a good point because uh, at the end of the day, the media really can shape opinions. Um, and I have quoted people from the Tavistock era stating things like, I could control America if you just simply give me control of TV. Yeah, I mean, I mean Barack Obama... Um who, you know, I, I, I talk about this in, in one of my videos, you know, I've, I voted for the guy twice, you know, at the time I was still, you know, I guess I was among the sheep thinking, oh, this guy's going to do good things. Um, but, you know, looking back, you know, he gave the, the, what was it, the keynote address at the, the 2004 Democratic Convention, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, is this guy going to be the next president? I mean, it was just... <laughs> right, right. I, I can remember. <laughs> I remember the first time I ever saw him, and the media was saying, "This brave yeah. new upstart. He's possibly yeah. presidential." <laughs> yeah, a ju- brand new junior senator from Illinois, and right, they're already talking right. about you know presidential. So, so you know, looking back, I mean, well, it's well, clear as. Clears day. Even to put a finer point on it, um, some of the researchers that I really respect right now have shown uh, that Trump and Hillary are from the same elite royal family in Scotland. 
Um, and other people have made taken pains to show that there is not a president um, in in the in anywhere within the modern and submodern era that you can't correlate directly to the British royal throne. All right, that brings us to the end of the first hour of episode 36 with Changing Reason, the YouTube channel, Changing Reason. Um, we open up in kind of an interesting place. I had done some research not too long ago on Prince, and there was a movie from the 80s that Vanity was in called uh, The Last Dragon. And actually, in that movie, there's a big sign on a wall there of one of the places that's integral to the storyline. Um, actually, it's called The Master. Uh, some Dumb Goy. It's kind of astonishing to watch anyone who speaks Yiddish be okay with, I mean, it's no different than calling a black person a nigger or an Asian person some derisive word like chink or something like this. It's no different uh, to use the word goy for non-Jewish people. And yet there it is, integral to the storyline of The Last Dragon and flaunted in your face to be complete with when you find out that some dumb goy is actually a computer and not a master at all. Uh, he's making fortune cookies, and the fortune cookie that you can see printed out uh, references directly the Wizard of Oz with a comment of something like, those who are colorblind, obviously the dumb goys, uh, should not seek a horse of a different color. Um, anyhow, I hope you join us for hour two over at crow777radio.com. Cheers. <laughs>